Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. I am Carson. And we're here to talk Candyman today. Not not yeah. the original Tony Todd, but but the remake, reboot-ish thing. Resequel, kind of. <laughs> resequel. That is that coined? I feel like you should coin that. Resequel. <laughs> the the resequeled. Yes. I think I think people would get that, maybe. That's, uh, well, if they watch this movie, they might. Yeah, I, agreed. Um, So we actually saw this a while back, was it? Uh, last Tuesday, we got an early screening to go see it. Yes, so we've we've had some time to marinate and forget some stuff. Yep, had time to, to see other reviews kind of trickle in. I don't know if you've been keeping like a pulse on. I know uh, my son Killian went with us to see it, and I know he's been kind of watching Letterbox to see like what the average is doing and where people are at. And I think he had a he had a friend see it and went like really high on it and stuff. So it's it's. I don't go to as many of the early screenings as you do, so it is interesting to kind of, okay, here's what I think about it, and then let's see everything else trickle in. I mean, usually I see movies quickly, but not that quickly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it is a different experience when, one, you get to see it and have nobody to talk to about it because they haven't <laughs> right. seen it yet, and then two, you have your opinion, then you see the first kind of reviews hit because we, we saw it before any media could release anything. Right. Um, and so it was... Uh, <laughs> It's one of those that you're like, oh, really? You know, as as you read stuff, it's like I can't believe it. That's what that's what they said. Versus right. if you if you read, okay, that guy really likes it, and then you go watch the movie. It's yeah. a very different different kind of feel. Yep, for sure. Which I'm definitely one of those people that I do not read reviews, but I don't mind seeing scores. Right? I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother me to know like, okay, this guy who I kind of know, I follow online, he gave it a you know three point five, or he gave it a this guy over here gave it a two. Like I, that doesn't ruin things for me. It just kind of gives me a a level set. But I don't like to read about it beforehand. Yeah, because every, everybody's definition of a spoiler is very different. Right. You know, and so uh, even even I, as I'm writing reviews, I'm looking at I'm like, is that spoiler? How right. do I how do I say this without really ruining anything and i don't want to write anything so i don't want to ruin anything for anybody <laughs> right was, i mean i think as long as you yeah i think as long as you stay away from explicit plot points um i think you're typically good like if you're just giving your your temperature of what you thought um, and you're staying vague like i think in my comments i said something to the effect since we're in the spoiler free section i said something to the effect of like you know there's two halves of the movie and one half does really well for me and the other half doesn't quite hold up and i just kind of it posed questions that it didn't answer so i just kind of left it at that and I, I think sure somebody might argue like oh you ruined my expectations because i did not expected you know multiple angles and you know blah 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 so but like then don't read. Like if you're that hard line of a spoiler <laughs> person, don't go reading comments and reviews. Yeah, don't listen to our podcast before you go see it. <laughs> right, you exactly. <laughs> you, you that's interesting. You had it in halves. I had it in thirds. So I thought there were th- there are thirds of this movie that okay uh, that I kind of broke it broke it down uh, into. Okay, and maybe I'm oversimplifying on mine, but we can we can get into that a little bit. Um, let me go ahead and read off the old letterbox blurb. Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the new 
sorry, in the now gentrified Cabrini. After a chance encounter with an old timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Directed by Nia DaCosta, who directed Little Woods that I did not see, and um, according to Letterboxd, she's directing the upcoming Captain Marvel sequel. So I didn't know the Marvels, that. yeah. Yes, the Marvels. Okay, uh, which cast. also star. Oh, there you go. Go ahead. Well, who's in? Who? We, oh, 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 right, right. Tiana Paris is. Uh, uh, Monica she's Rambeau. The, the, yeah, yeah. She's the girlfriend in this, and she's Monica Rambeau from Wandavision, and then will Spectrum. Also be in, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Truly, I didn't even recognize her until after the movie. I, I was looking. I was like, that is Monica. Yeah. 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 Um, so the her Tiana Paris, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen, which has been he's been in a ton of stuff, Watchmen and uh, Aquaman, Nathan Stewart Jarrett and Coleman Domingo. Okay, so spoiler free, I think we've we've each kind of dipped our toes in the water. Um, why don't you go first? You got thirds here. Let's hear it. Yeah, I uh, so I, overall I enjoyed it for for a horror movie. I thought it was well well made, um, but I thought the thirds, uh, it really confused me on what was going to happen in the movie so at we we start into this movie and i'm like oh okay i don't know if this is a sequel i don't know if this is a remake or a reimagining uh, i i just don't know what are we starting fresh are we keeping the same lore I, I have no idea going in so the first third of the movie it's like okay we're we're taking some pieces of the story but we're changing it we're reimagining um Reimagining Candyman. Candyman's not the Candyman that we remember. He's a new Candyman, uh, and then that's where we're going. It's like, got it. There, we're in. Second, third, it's a uh, no, no. It, it was the same Candyman <laughs> type. Type. We're we're we are tying it back to the beginning and the other ones that you've seen and, and whatnot. We're not forgetting those and and starting anew. And then the last third was. Uh, something in the middle. We're going to hybrid that. It, it it was kind of what you saw, but not, and then and then new. So yeah. if you saw the originals, there's enough throwback stuff to appease you, I guess, that, that keeps you strung along with, oh, I know what that is. But then in the end, you're just very confused based on, wait, this, this doesn't mesh with the Candyman lore. And that's that's where... I had my biggest uh, issues with it is it ended up not making sense. Uh, it had me. I was very into it along the way, but then it, it lost me with how it tried to piece everything together. Gotcha. So I'm really unfamiliar with Candyman. I mean, I, I remember watching it when I was a kid, the first one. So I guess question one, you said multiple. Uh, how many how many Candyman movies are there? There are three. Three, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, never seen anything besides the first one. Scared me as a kid, but I would always power through it when it was on HBO or the movie channel. So I can see now why you're talking about it. I, my my two halves that I reference are are very different than your thirds because your your thirds is more like um, perspectives on the plot line, and my halves Story. is right. yeah yeah my halves is more like what did they try to do in the movie? Um, but so to, to kind of piggyback on your point. I didn't. I didn't have enough familiarity with the lore to even pick up that they were trying to tie anything into the original movies um, until almost like the last scene. Like I, I knew that they were talking about things that had happened in the past and like all the Candyman buildup, but I truly couldn't recall any of that from 
when I saw this as a child. So like I, I didn't know that they were what they were even trying to do until there's a big reveal at the end that we'll talk about later, but I didn't know it until then. So I, I wasn't as confused as you. I was a little just more trying to piece together the Candyman lore as though I was watching it the first time. So that didn't have as much of a problem with me um, as it did you because you had a better frame of reference than I did. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get that. And I think if you have never seen the first one, um, I think you're okay. You know, I, I don't know. I don't think that this would, I think you would, re, you would enjoy it. Now your, your son saw um, only this one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was, he pretty much followed it along. It wasn't as confused, but yeah, they did he, some things within the movie that. Yeah. He definitely was asking questions after the movie. He's like, wait, so did this really happen? And what was this? And I, I think that was a little bit of the lore where he was like, I, I wasn't really following what they were trying to do. He's like, at a, I mean, at a, at a high level he was, but then like the details, he was kind of a little bit murky. And I think that's just one of those things where it gave you enough to be able to follow along if you'd never seen it, but things might've clicked a little bit more had you had it. But it, obviously for your perspective, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Like you had that and yes, it helped some things click, but it also caused problems on the other right. side of it. So right. it kind of seems like you're, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't when it comes to brushing up on your candy man prior to seeing this. So this, this is a horror movie. Yes. Um, it's not a scary movie. There, there's not, uh, there's no jump scares. Let me start there. If if there is, there's maybe one. Yeah, the, yeah, sure. They didn't rely on jump scares. I'll give it's, you that. It's not not a jump. Scare. It's not necessarily very creepy. I don't think. Uh, I liked. I really liked some of the shots and some of the visuals. Yeah. Uh, that that they did with him, I thought it was very very well done. Uh, at the beginning, um, but then it got a. It, to me, it got really far from creepy in the original Candyman. Yeah. So, and that's a. Uh, so the original Candyman scared, scared the crap out of me as a kid. You know, I, I wouldn't walk by mirrors. Uh, there were <laughs> mirrors lining, you know, my stairs on the way home, and I, I would crawl under them just to get to my room. Uh, to me, it wasn't ever worth it. It was a to to go into the mirror and say Candyman five times. It was a risk right. reward thing. That, <laughs> sure. And it's like, well, what do I get if it? If there's nothing, or I die. Right. Like, there's right. no, there's no benefit to this. And, yeah. and those that do it, I they deserve it. You know. Yeah. Uh, they deserve what's coming because there's they're like, no, I'm just, it's just not worth it. On the off chance that it's real. Right. And so that's that's my mindset coming <laughs> in. But then you have Tony Todd as Candyman, who. I thought was very in a very imposing character. Mm -hmm. Not only was he he's a giant man, um, he, he's a he's a big man, but he also has this booming, uh, deep yeah. voice that that adds, I think, to the character quite a bit. That you you, you kind of hear him, you know, in in, in the background, in the shadows uh, throughout the really all three movies. Uh, but the first one, you know, is it's really. Um, just he's just a scary character the way they put it together. I don't think they really did that in this. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, for sure the Candyman was less intimidating, less of a. Uh, he 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 was more like the boogeyman who is scary by not being there, as opposed to like. Then, then once it's revealed, it's like not this scary presence where you're like, "Oh my god, that that's him." It's more just like he's creepier when he's like just out of frame or something like that. Not, not once you're like right in his midst. 
You, you know, you, you, you mentioned that just out of frame. I feel like all of the kill scenes were just out of frame. Like yes. we, we weren't seeing them or they, uh, like a couple of them I thought were pretty cool the way that they did it. You know, that, uh, you're, you know, that there's going to be more killing to come, you know? Right. And so that's kind of what they, I don't want to spoil anything, but, but you see those things that there's more killing to come, but the, almost all the, the killings are away from you. Like there's yes. nobody in it that you're dreading for. Right. Yeah, somebody... I mean, because all, all of it is like the ancillary characters. And, and what's happening with the main characters, um, you don't really feel a threat to the main characters until the very end of the movie. Because um, right. they don't really build up the other characters in the movie to, to have you care about them enough. Like, you're basically your four people that you care about the most are um, Yaya, his uh, girlfriend, and then her brother and his boyfriend. I mean, those are the right. only time people that you spend time with, and and I don't want to. Let's just say that not all of them are in danger at any point in the movie. So um, that makes it hard when, and I get that that's how slashers are, right? You know, you have a bunch of ancillary characters, you really hone in on a couple or whatever. But I feel like Candyman could have worked if it had brought the scares a little bit closer to you i agree and then not to mention i think i think you are maybe going that angle but i also agree that visually the way the kills are done it is very at arm's length i think that was an artistic choice to do because of the mirrors and they wanted to get some cool shots like basically almost every time Candyman is killing somebody it's it's like this uh it's like out of frame or like not dead center. It's like, you're like not, I think the first one you're kind of like front and center with the violence and stuff, but then everything else is always like off to this angle or peeked around a corner or zoomed out or something like that. And I, I liked it. It just didn't make it as visceral as some horror movies get. Yeah. I, I don't feel like you're there in it. So even if it's an ancillary character, it's an ancillary character, like running for their lives. So you're right. there running, running with them when, when they die versus somebody kind of watching them over there die. Right. You know, and not even really see it. You just kind of see bits and pieces. So yes. I, I just feel like that, that didn't uh, resonate with me from the horror side. And so then it shifts it. And that's what I was talking about with my wife. Uh, she goes, well, maybe it's not supposed to be that kind of horror. It's supposed to be more of a, closer to a drama not a drama she thinks there should be a category in the middle of the not scary horror movies <laughs> that's but, thriller so, and, what that's thriller right i mean Thri that's why they kind of you know i yeah. guess but it's a i don't know if that i put this in a thriller category either um but it's a you know if it's gonna be not scary then i want it to make sense you know sure so I, well i so think you always I, wanted it to make sense <clears throat> well <laughs> but, but if, if it's truly terrifying and it doesn't make sense at the end who cares you okay. Know, to, so, to, to me, I'm going to be scared or, or creep, creeped out, and if it doesn't really make sense at the end, you know, at least I was scared, you know, sure. throughout or, or along for the ride. So I can I can give on some of that. Okay, I get it's that. It's like a comedy, you know, a comedy. If you know, if it's funny, but it's stupid, or sure, it doesn't make sense. Sure. You're gonna let stuff go. Right. So before we give our ratings and kind of move on to spoilers, I I have a question for both of us, and I'm not sure I have a good answer because part of me feels like. Um, the, the more movies you watch, the harder it is to be surprised, the harder it is to be entertained. Um, how many action movies have we seen? So then the next action Six movie you watch, <laughs> right? So the next action movie you watch on your eighth action movie, um, it's got to do something that like the six or seven before it haven't done. Right. Um, same with comedies. We've seen a lot. So then it, 
you get to horrors and it's like, okay, how, what do you have to do now to scare me? Because I'm trying to think, and, and my question to you is, when's the last time you were watching a movie in a theater at home for the first time, whatever it is, and you were like genuinely scared? Sinister. Really? I, that one didn't, that one didn't get me. It, that still creeps the crap out of me. This is the second time through is still creeping me out. And, and the, I, the end sucked. The ending of the movie was terrible. Sure. You know, and it really made it the rest of it unscary once you got to the end, but the whole time through the middle of it, yeah, I'm truly scared. I'm I'm trying to think because I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm I'm numb. Like I, I really don't know the last. I'm trying to think of horror. Like Get Out is a really good horror movie, but I was never scared during Get Out. I just really enjoyed it. Um, it follows. It was intense, but I wasn't. Yeah, that one had some creepy creepy parts to it. But I wasn't scared though. Like I, I think. I mean, at some point, do you just reach a certain age where you've seen enough movies and you've lived enough of your life where this fake thing is not going to scare you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I can't. I don't remember when I got last time I really genuinely like couldn't sleep at night, or you know, like. Well, I mean, there's a there's a tense factor while you're watching it. I don't know if, if I'm scared for me or if I'm scared for them. You know, but sure. But then, then again, you know, I was I truly creeped out with Sinister, and I feel like I was scared for me, you hmm. know, of if I looked out my window and, and saw, you know, like you, you kind of want to look out there, but you don't want to look out there to see someone hanging from a tree, you know? See, I, like, I can watch horror movies now, and then I just go to bed. Like, I don't even, I mean, I can remember laying in bed as a kid and, like, thinking, like, I could hear footsteps coming down the hallway and stuff. And I know I'm not going to do that now because I'm I'm older and I my imagination doesn't run wild. It's just... I guess what I was getting at is, is it hard to watch horror movies and get that same exhilaration that you used to because we're old and we've seen a bunch of movies? Well, sure. Uh, uh, yes. The The answer is yes. It's harder to get scared. It's harder to be surprised in a movie because we've seen so many, so many movies. It's harder for, and I was thinking about this uh, during Protégé. Um, I don't think you haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fine action movie. You know, uh, and but it's nothing new. Mm-hmm. If it came out before the other action movies that that we've seen, I'm sure it would be ranked a lot higher. But it was it was very similar, yeah. uh, very good choreography, whatnot. But it's it's almost like, uh, and again, I mentioned this to my wife on the way home. Of I've seen the so professional person that can fight with no expression on their face because they've been trained so well, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of done with that. Like yeah. I want to see, uh, I was telling her, I want to see somebody fight with rage. Like yeah. I've never seen like a, a female led, uh, action movie where they fought with rage. And the only thing I could compare it to is Logan. Where mm-hmm. He's fighting with just rage. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't see that in a female character, not a, not not the cool, calm. Cl- I get that they're highly trained and not supposed to be. Sure, I'm kind of kind of sick yeah. of that. So along those same lines, it's uh, uh, I see that with horror movies as well. As yeah, we know Candyman. We know the story. He's gonna stab you with his hook. How how many cool different ways can you do that and make this right. interesting for us? Yeah. Yep. I, anyways, I just was curious when the last time you had been genuinely scared because I, I i can't recall off the top of my head i mean I've, I've been on the edge of my seat i've been intense you know i get my heart rate going in movies but not something that not something that's lingered with me um 
in a long, long time. Oh, you mean like as you're walking to your car in the yeah that type I of mean, thing? Yeah, oh. something that well, you're... no, I, I was more scared in the movie of Sinister. I didn't, you know, that wasn't sure. A, when you're at your house hearing hearing sounds, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's all kind of the same. I just, you know, I that I think horror movies more than anything have the deck stacked against them in that regard because that's their that's the one thing they need to be good at is being scary and you like just you build up a uh like antibodies against horror movies right <laughs> like it just takes more and more like what's that thing where they say like if you you start eating so much salt right that then by the end of your life you're having to pour on like half a thing of salt because the salt level in your body is just so high you can't taste it it's kind of how i feel about horror movies like you just built up so much to where now it's like okay you're going to do something real crazy and then usually what I feel like people try to do is like divert to gore to make up for the scariness. And it's just like, fine. I mean, whatever. Well, and that's why they, they go for more the surprise factor. You know, right. they're, they're trying to jump scare you. But yeah. then they also telegraph that because that's been done, you know, <laughs> right. so many times. Well, right. So then what they do is they start fake telegraphing it. So they're actually giving yeah. you the jump scare because you're like, are you like not second guess them, you like triple or quadruple guess them. So then, right. but it's like a chess match. And then by the time you're like, oh, well, they actually hit me with that jump scare on the first try, I wasn't really expecting that. Right. And, but th- those don't tend to, you know, hold up the next no. the second watch or the, the third watch. No. So these, so these, I'm going to put these three together because Jordan Peele wrote all three, right? So we have um, us, uh, Get Out, and Candyman. Yep. Uh, all well-made movies, mm-hmm. I thought. Very, and that's unique in this horror genre. Yep. Most horror genre are not shot well. They're not um, particularly well acted. Uh, and I say all all three of them are. Yep. Um, Get Out, I think, is by far the best yes. of the three. Um, and then I get I would go with Us, and then Candyman. Uh, but the story, and we talked about this in our Us episode, the story of Us fell off and then ended oh, up sure. not making sense when they could have gone a different direction. And I kind of feel like this is similar to that. Yep. You get the, you have the same ranking there? <clears throat> yeah. I, I think there's parts of Us that I like better than Candyman. I think there's parts of Candyman that I like better than Us. But they're probably th- there's not a big gap between those two, no matter how you rank them to me. There is a big gap between both of those movies and Get Out, which... Get Out, I think I have it at a five stars now. Um, just, it's pretty much for a horror movie, perfect. Like you said, well crafted, well acted. Is it a horror movie or is it more of a thriller? I don't know. I mean, it it just depends. I mean, I think we could do this all day with. I mean, besides the obvious ones like you know Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that, but the lines are just so blurred anymore. Like I'm not even sure I'd I'd call it follows a horror movie. I mean it. Oh, for sure it is. I don't know. It's just so you got, hard. You I mean, got I, demons and, and murder and death. I, I think that uh, I think Get Out is probably a horror movie, but if you put it in a thriller category, then I'm not going to argue with you. Hmm. But th- I think the big thing there is um, Candyman and us have plot issues about whether it's practicality, logistics, how everything weaves together and and get out just simply doesn't have that you nobody ever asks why or how on get out it's all there for you it's it makes sense right it does make sense and that makes it significantly better than the other two yes i completely agree um okay so before we head into spoilers then where are you at rating wise on candy man 
So I, I think the the continuity piece uh, affected it, and I think the uh, the non scary affected it, uh, but it was still above average horror movie. So I was at three stars. Okay, um, I'm at three and a half, but I think you and I feel pretty much the same about this movie. After chatting about it afterwards, after talking about it now, I think you and I are on the same same exact wavelength. It's just for I feel like it's just slightly better than a three. Um, yeah, so I, I'm at three and a half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I it's not a four for me. Um, so I guess if anything, if you were to press me on it, I'd probably say it'd be you know three two five. But it's three and a half. Yeah, I mean, truly, if I looked back at my ratings of other horror movies, it's better than most of those. So I should right. probably bump it up accordingly. But I got the feeling as I left was better than most. Great, no. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that. You ready to go spoilers? I am ready for spoilers. All right, let's do it. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Okay, so this isn't really a spoiler, but I wanted to save it just in case. Um... I mean, not like, okay, anyways, the runtime's only an hour and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you think about that? Because I don't like long horror movies typically, so I, I was a fan. Yeah, it, it didn't feel long, so, right. uh, and it didn't feel too rushed either. So okay. I thought, I thought it, it hit right where it should have. So then my follow-up question to that is, knowing that you and I both had issues with the plot to varying degrees. So not the horror, not the kills, but what they were trying to do with the um, lore and the plot. Do you think this movie would have been better? Had it added another 15, 20, 30 minutes? Well, there's definitely some things that got cut out, I believe, because why else put them in there if they didn't? And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my, my, my brain, but even the route that they went, even if they added more time, I don't think it would have made sense. Okay. So j- just based on their choices. So I don't, I don't know that that was a, a must. Okay. I, and I'm right there with you. Um, I saw a couple of reviews, a couple of comments online where they were like, oh yeah, you know, it's a really short movie. I like the brevity, but I wish they had done a little bit more because they would have answered it. And my immediate reaction to that was like, I don't think more time was the problem. I think okay. they could have adequately addressed some of our issues in the runtime that they had. Yeah, because they, they even contradicted themselves in the movie. So it's yeah. not like, oh, because of what they said in one or two, you know, it goes against what they did here. No, they they contradicted what they did within its own, you know, hour and a half. So sure. uh, cutting the runtime, I don't think, changes that. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. I, I did not think that adding time to this would have been good. Um, okay, so my two my two issues mm-hmm. that I have with this movie are what I mentioned earlier, my halves. Um Traditional Candyman movie. Guy in a mirror, say his name five times, he kills you. Creative kills. Um, really cool shots that I liked. That aspect of Candyman, and I'm talking about this movie, um, I thought was really good. I mean, I'm probably at like a four star on, on that half of the movie. Um, the other half of the movie for me, which, you know, they're, they're interwoven and they run parallel, is this idea that Yaya is becoming a new Candyman. And this guy is almost ushering him down this path unknowingly. So there's like this possession angle where the mirror Candyman is killing people 
while Yaya is becoming a new Candyman, he's not the one killing people. So it's not like one of those angles where he's possessed right. and he's killing people along the way. Maybe he doesn't know it because he's losing his mind. There's two real tracks there. And I really, really enjoy the traditional Candyman one. The possession angle just introduced way too many plot holes for me. And again, not being familiar with the lore enough, um, I don't even think it would have mattered because it, like, I get the idea that there's always been this Candyman and it's from uh, racial incidents that have happened. Um, but where it starts to fall apart for me in some other places too was like at the end when um, we've seen the traditional Candyman in the mirror killing kids, innocent people, just killing them for the sake of killing them. But yet when Yaya finally does become Candyman, he he like has a conscience. He doesn't kill his girlfriend. He's like killing the the bad cops. Like so I'm yeah. like what are what are we here? Is Candyman a mechanism for uh writing racial injustices or is he a mindless killing boogeyman because you've shown me both in this movie and now I'm really confused. Yeah. No, I I mean you you hit it of the of the issues. So going back to Tony Todd Tony Todd was original Candyman killed in the 1800s. You know, they, they put honey on him and we're calling him Candyman. That's what the bees came and killed him, chopped off his hand, all that fun stuff. So that Candyman made sense. They didn't put the honey on him. I don't think, or said why they called him Candyman. Right. Uh, which I felt like they left that. That's kind of important of where the name came from. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but they, so he comes through and then in the nineties is when, uh, he gets introduced to Helen because Helen says Candyman in the mirror mm-hmm. uh, five times. And then eventually she somehow gets put into the, the Candyman world and she is now killing people. What I don't understand is apparently 20 years before, somehow there was another Candyman that got pulled into the mirrors in Cabrini Green that when... Helen said Candyman, she got Tony Todd and not this this 70s version that we now get, which apparently there have been many Candymen in the mirror that all have the same name. Right. That if you say Candyman, why do you get, why do you get one versus another? So, yeah, do we think it's, I mean, clearly it's all one entity. Like, I know that it's different people that became Candyman, but it's all, it's, it's almost like assimilation, right? Like, there's this Candyman entity in that in the 1800s, Tony Todd became him. Then in the 1920s, there was another guy who, but they all just like becomes part of the same being. But except Helen, which is weird. Cause at the end of the first one, you say Helen five times in the mirror and she comes, you know, and kills her ex-husband. Yeah. You know, she doesn't become Candyman and she wasn't in their little montage. Right. And then this, the seventies Candyman, seemed like he wasn't even a supernatural entity until the cops killed him. But he Which already he had nothing had a, to do with the mirror. Yeah. Right, but he already had a hook on his hand and was giving candy to kids with razor blades. So I don't know. I mean that that's where I felt like there's the lore kind of was confusing, but then also the the possession angle because the seventies Candyman wasn't really possessed as far as we could tell. Before right. being killed by the cops, but yet Yaya was possessed, right. and he, yeah, I don't know, man. And again, this is the whole problem: is that right. you have half of a movie or half of a plot line that you're just creating 
so many questions, so many hows, so many whys. And as the audience, if you don't feel like you have a good answer to that, now you're just left like, what? What What, what am I watching here? I mean, yeah, it was entertaining. It was fine. But now instead of me walking out of the theater talking the whole time about how these 10 kills were great, I'm saying, hey, did you, did you follow what was happening here? And when everybody's yeah. sitting around going, no, I didn't really get that. Like, that's a bad way to leave a movie theater. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, like I said, it needs to do something really cool where you forget how bad the plot is, or yeah, you gotta have you gotta have it make sense. And so, this one in the first first third of the movie, I thought they were just updating the Candyman story. Mm-hmm. So instead of uh, you know, sleeping with the white yeah white man's daughter, and they they murder him, they updated it to in the seventies. This guy just happened to have a cook give giving away candy and yep. police brutality and killed him and he yep. became so i'm like okay we're updating you know this is this is a new story um we're still keeping the puppet show with helen back there because the timeline still works mm-hmm. you know because she's in the 90s and we can keep it up up to date and we mm-hmm. just forgot about tony todd and he's he's gone okay we're out but we still have uh, a similar thread we just updated the lore I'm like okay i'm on board for that but then they come back and, and and throw in all the candy men throughout time, and and now I'm just confused. Right. And so that's that's where that that middle part is like, oh, we are throwing back to. No, I think they gave us the. Uh, no, this is still the same plot line, and then they gave us the every, every candy man. Yeah. For a decade, which is, no, thank you. Right. And that's where I was saying earlier, I didn't know officially this was tied to the original Candyman um, because I didn't recognize Helen or the lore or anything until they show Tony Todd at the end. Um, So after Yaya's transformation is complete, then they showed Tony Todd. I'm like, okay, so this is is connected. And then, again, I was just totally confused because I'm like, well, why would he change faces? Why would that have any relevance to anybody in the movie other than the audience watching? And could they not have paid more for a better de-aging because that was terrible? <laughs> like, so it was just a weird note to end on. Yeah, well, you definitely had to de-age him because Candyman can't be from the 1800s and look completely different from the 90s to now. Right, yeah. Right. No, I, yeah. I get it. It just wasn't very good. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it, uh, it, made, uh, it made Larry Fishburne in... Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp <laughs> looked like a good de-aging. So when they showed his mom, uh, when he showed up, and it was the same actress, uh, I believe Vanessa Williams, not yes. the Vanessa Williams, <laughs> right, another right. Vanessa Williams. Um, and she looks the exact same mm-hmm. as she did 30 years ago, which is hilarious. And I was, I was like, oh, that's her. I was like, is that yeah. her? Because she looks way too young. You know, she, and then uh, I was like, but that's really cool that they got her. And what's funny was even the puppet of her over the crib, it looks exactly like her. Like even the way she was moving, you know, mm-hmm. in that scene. And I was, was like, that's that's done really well. I see her in that. And then they showed her later on uh, that was her. Yeah. Like, and that, again, that was confusing me. And I, and I was trying to remember the original of why he wanted the baby. Um, and maybe it was some sort of possession piece. I, I'd have to go back and, and, and look. I thought he just wanted to, to sacrifice the kid yeah but i didn't know he wanted to, to become him but i guess I, I mean i'd love to go back and watch it now to see if the possession angle makes any kind of more sense than what it did but my my argument would still be that if you're going to do this um 
you got to connect the dots for people. Not everybody's going to have seen Candyman in the in the previous week leading up to this. Um, a, a reboot, a, a re, re-sequel, whatever we want to call it, um, even if you're going to tie into existing lore, you, you, you have to do enough for it to stand on its own. And, unless you're just going to be a true sequel and build off of the first one, then that's fine. I think you're allowed to shortcut. You don't have to recap things. But if you're going to requel or reboot and stuff then then you have to stand on your own i think um but that gets back to your question from the very opening of the show which was what is this thing yeah is a sequel is it a reimagining i don't know it's a Um, i think it think it wants it all it's some some hybrid well i mean it's clearly not it's so it's not a reboot right because it's its lineage is all the Candyman movies right so, so, I mean, it's essentially a sequel, I yeah, guess. That changes all the rules. <laughs> right, so, right. I mean, so, so even in what I was mentioning about, even in its own movie, it, it, mess, it messes with stuff, is Candyman can only be seen in the mirrors. So you mm-hmm. only see him as he's killing through the mirror through this entire movie. And then at the end, uh, the cops are shooting at him. Right. You know, as he's coming at them to kill them. Yeah. And... It's like, wait, come on! You had you had this whole thing throughout this entire movie, and it was really cool the way they did mm-hmm. it. It was, uh, and the different visuals of, of him—you can only see him in the mirror, but he's mm-hmm. also there, right? Um, and then they just kind of threw that out the window, and you're just like, wait, why? Why is that now not a not a thing? I mean, and honestly, I I hadn't thought about that. I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, it's it's staring us right there in the face. But yeah, you're right. Doesn't make any sense. Why why is he magically? visible to the whole world now if he truly is the Candyman. Um, and how much cooler would that scene have been if, like, the cop is only seeing it out of his... You know, he's, he sees his other cops getting killed and he looks in his in side the mirror and there's... Yeah, yeah exactly. Correct. Like, that. That that's already... I mean, I'm still going to have plot problems and everything that we talked about, but, like, that's an even better scene because, to me, that was the magic of this movie was the kill scenes and how it was only, you know, happening. I mean, like my favorite scene is probably the one where the ladies talking to Yaya and behind her, you see the Candyman just dip his shoulder out from behind Mm -hmm. her. I mean, that was, that was probably the best scene in the whole movie just because it's it's super creepy. And then when she does get killed in that later scene, you know, she's just getting drugged across a window by nothing because we're panning away across the, yeah. I mean, it just needed to lean into more of what it was good at instead of trying to be all things to everybody. Um, I can appreciate the creativity around like the the racial injustice and updating that. I think that's a really cool angle. I like that. I just didn't like the possession angle and all the problems that came along with it. Yeah, if you were going to have do the possession, he should have been doing all the murders. Yeah, you know, and so it should should have been like that. You know, like you mentioned before. Yeah, but I they, agree. You mentioned the the cop scene. Uh, well, all the cops are dying. We're just sitting watching his wife in the mm-hmm. car, and so the murder scenes are happening outside, and so it's over there in the bathroom where the girls are all getting killed. We're in the stall with with this new girl who we just met, and so we're just seeing kind of aftermath of stuff. We're not seeing the murders, even yeah. the one that you mentioned of her being dragged across the window. We're so far away, right? In a cool scene, but we're not in it to be scared. But right. a, like every scene, we are um, so far removed from the terror that we're not. Yeah, is not scary. See, 
I get that, but I actually really, really liked that about this movie. There was something unique to, you know, usually when you're seeing a horror movie and there's deaths, like it's, you know, the gore is front and center. The blood's basically like splashing you in the face from the camera and all that stuff. So there was something very, very unique and cool to me about always being not even third party, because as viewers, we're already third party, almost like fourth party to like what's going on in these murders. And I think the whole kind of like out of sights being a little bit scarier. Um, I mean, it's a little Godzilla-ish where it just feels like every time you're right there, you kind of get taken out of it a little bit. Um, yeah. But I thought in this case for me, that stuff really worked because I've seen so many movies where you're always in it and the blood's right there and the you're seeing the stabbing like up close. This one was more like, oh, okay, that's cool. And especially how they were using the mirror angles to, to make it all kind of work. I, I really, really like that piece of it. I liked it if we gradually got closer to it. Sure. But we didn't. And so I thought, you know, if eventually we got into the movie, but I feel like we are so far out of it, uh, like you said, fourth person, that we're so far out that uh, uh, we're not involved in the story. So it's hard to have any feels whatsoever uh, for anybody going on. And they're not scared. Are they scared? If they're not scared, I'm not scared. Sure. We're watching people that aren't necessarily that scared. I See, I feel like that's a byproduct, though, of like the writing, not of how they film the kills because I just felt like most of the people that were dying in the first three fourths of the movie just they weren't written for us to care about they were written right. to be death so it I, I think it's a writing problem if you had written the characters to where you cared more like let's say the brother who they actually you probably has the third most screen time in the movie mm-hmm. is never introduced us to Candyman via the story at the beginning he's never yeah. even remotely a threat in the movie or He's never threatened. threatened in the movie. Yeah. Um, but had he died, I, I would have felt more compelled despite how it was filmed. So that would have been a good culmination of like the filming with a character that we care about. So like, I see your point about you don't really care. And I, I can see how when you have distant characters from writing and then you're having a distant kill, that's like two layers of distance that create a detachment almost. Um, but I feel like that's a writing problem. The writing problem should have brought the characters closer to us so that even when there's a distant artsy kill, you still, you can still feel the dread and everything. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, the cheerleader scene, cheer, I call them cheerleaders, high school girls yeah. scene was really just a throwaway just sure. to have more body count because yeah. we met them for half a second. Yeah. You know, we, we know we know none of them is just okay. How do we get five kills in a room? You know, to this this death toll is not high enough so far. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just throw this scene in, and, and nothing else really mattered to right. the movie. Yep, uh, uh, I I don't disagree. I mean, I'm trying to think. My, so let's let's think about the kills. You have uh, the art gallery guy. I mean, we, we met the, him. The girl and the guy. The girl and, and the guy. She saying Candyman wasn't even looking in the mirror for like three of the Candymans. <laughs> right. I hated that. I was like, I wanted her to look like they're making out or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, like, you know, you have to look at the mirror and right. say it. You're just saying to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had the bathroom kills that we talked about. We had the uh, critique, the art critic. Critic, yeah, who dragged across the... Uh-huh. Yeah. We had a flashback to uh, the laundry guy's sister and friend getting killed right in the apartment or whatever oh yeah yeah um and then cops i mean is that it is that all we got um we had the the wife's dad jump out a window for some reason well sure but that wasn't a candy man kill right 
Yeah. So but I mean, I want to make sure but, we brought that up. But so we basically talked about how there's, I mean, there's a laundry guy. There's which I guess he does he does die, but um, laundry guy, Yaya, his girlfriend, the brother, his boyfriend. So there's there's basically five characters right there that are are the main characters of the movie, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and the only time anybody is really threatened is the girlfriend at the end, and then the laundry guy. But like, yeah, you're yeah. basically just creating these shell characters early on in the movie just to kill them so that you don't have to threaten the main characters, right? Right, which and I don't know. We're not threatening them because we want them. We want Candyman to be some sort of hero, right? Uh, and is, is that the route that we're going? We're going anti-hero here, right? Yeah, I mean, so. in, in essence, that's kind of what they did at the end, right? right? I mean, that's the piece that doesn't make sense to me is that an anti-hero in the sense that he's killing, but he's killing shitty cops. So you're kind of rooting for him, and you gave Candyman a moral conscience. <laughs> Yeah, but this is the same entity that has just killed random people, including children, for no reason other than saying his name five times. Well, and well, he killed the children because they were mean to that girl who went into the bathroom. You know, they had to throw them that they they were making fun of her, right? You know, yeah. and so it's like, okay, we don't feel bad about him killing these right. girls, yeah. You know, so but then when you slaughter like, like ten year old girls <laughs> in a bathroom, like uh, the moral code has gone out the window at that point. I think they were like 16, 17. I don't know. They, the boy was pretty young. I, yeah, they might have been 16. I don't know. But yeah. either way, I guess what I'm saying is uh, you, you can't have your boogeyman have a moral conscience at the end if it hasn't had one for, well, three-fourths of this movie and then apparently three previous movies too. So Right. Yeah. The only last thing I had was uh, the, the laundromat guy. That, that whole angle makes no sense to me. I, I don't understand what his he clearly is steering yaya to become candyman to what end why i don't know candyman killed his sisters right and basically sister in, front in front of him her, in front of him and then he doesn't become candyman like the previous candyman right in the past he chooses to recruit a new candyman 30 years later and did he do that because it, he knew he was the baby? He he knew Yaya was the original baby. I don't know. I, I, did yeah. he? Did I, he know I that? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I, I'm I'm trying to fill in some gaps here. I'm not having much luck. Yeah. So so Candyman has these little disciples around that are trying to recruit candy people. Yeah. And then I mean, he wanted he wanted Yaya to after he became Candyman in the flesh to kill his girlfriend again. To, why? To to what end? It, let's say let, let's say he's successful. He converts Yaya all the way over, cuts his hand off, shoves the hook in his stump, has the girlfriend there for a sacrifice. Yaya, well, hold on. I don't know if he was supposed to kill the girlfriend. She was supposed to be the witness to tell everybody that Candyman's alive. Oh, is that what it is? But which doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. So he choose. was he called the cops. Yeah. Okay, and he wanted the cops to come kill Yaya to then complete the cycle? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess. I, I guess. Okay. I mean, does, how does is death by cop make you Candyman, <laughs> I guess? Well, In, historically? Well, not historically, but I guess if you assume that the cops are going to show up are racist and are going to have some racial injustice happen and, and blindly kill the guy, which they did... Um, then I guess that completes the the cycle. Like I, I don't know that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And what happens to him? Like, what does he do then? I don't understand. Yeah. You'd think if he was supposed to be spreading the word about Candyman, he would have done something other than run a laundromat. Right. Yeah. You know, not just tell one random guy that comes through. <laughs> right. And, and my only other comment I'll make about laundromat guy is they should have casted her dad to look not exactly like him because when they did a flashback of her dad, uh, the girlfriend's dad jumping out the window, I thought it was a flash forward of the laundromat guy jumping out a window. And I was thoroughly confused. I mean, that's not, it, it was a, cause he was wearing like a green jacket or green shirt, the same as the laundromat guy. Yeah. You know, and we only kind of saw his back and he kind of looked, looked back. And yeah. Like, yeah. I thought, I thought the same thing. He was like, okay, I don't understand why he's killing himself. Right. Or who the girl is, <laughs> right. you know? And then all of a sudden, next scene, we see him alive. We're like, yeah. wait, hold well, on. And Cause then, they, if I remember right, they didn't even like cue it up right for a flashback. I, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I, it was maybe her dream. Like she woke up like, as a dream, I guess. Maybe, okay. So they, maybe I should have pieced it together a little bit better. But I think it was the casting that threw me off. And then I, I felt like there wasn't anything in that scene of him jumping out the window that should have let me know that that's her and that's her dad. Because they do mention earlier her dad committed suicide and all that stuff. It just, I don't know. Maybe it was me. To, but to, to what end? I don't understand why they even brought that up. The only I thing I can think maybe of is... They would, they would show his art that was in this... right the storage locker that we could see and maybe there were some hints. Maybe he was a candy disciple at some <laughs> right. point, candy disciple. you know, like, like that has, yeah. Uh, like you're looking through the art, like, wait a second, this is what my, my boyfriend's been, been painting. Right. So I, I really would like to rewatch the movie when it comes out again, just to see if like, that was a big miss on my part or whether it was like, Nope, they, they didn't really, they didn't clue me in well enough on that one. So that was my only other complaint about Laundromat Guy. So I have two issues with uh, 77's Candyman okay. uh, that I felt hurt his scariness. I felt the yellow jacket hurt his scariness. And because Tony Todd wore a black jacket with fur and it was just kind of, you know, in the shadows and black, you know, mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, Okay, you, you can see him, but you can't see him, type of thing. And he really stood out as Yellow Jacket guy, and he was mostly in the daylight, or or not necessarily daylight, but lots of light. Yeah. And so even when he even in the bathroom, the cool scene where he poked poked his head, it, it was bright, yeah. you know, bright light. Yeah. You know? And so I didn't like that, and I didn't, and he didn't talk. No. You know, and so I don't know if that particular actor doesn't have you know, a particular scary voice or, or a deep voice or anything that might strike fear into the hearts of men. But it, it, him not talking, I felt really took away from the Candyman experience, at least that I was looking for. Cause you want that villain talk, I think. Maybe, I don't know. I thought it was really creepy when he was trying to hand the kid candy. He's not even saying anything. I was like, uh. well, that, that part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that was him when he was alive. Right, you know, but I do uh, kind of like the whole in the mirror, not talking angle. I'm good with that. Did you like the pantomime? Uh, remind. I mean, what are you talking about? He's standing there in the full length mirror, and then the the Candyman is. Oh, oh yeah, Yaya is doing. Oh yeah, I thought that, yeah. that was a good scene. I know that was fine, but I thought it was like four times too long. Oh, of, yeah, it was a. Bit I'm going to show you my hook and your hand, and okay, we right. get it. You're 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 pantomiming, but yeah. how long is this going to go on? Sure. And I didn't, and that was too bright for me. Again, I wanted a, a darker, uh, 
creepier background than just two guys looking at each other. I mean, that's fine. I, I, I like I said, I, I've seen enough horror movies where I've seen things in the dark. I've seen things that go bump in the night. Um, I kind of like the idea of, you know, not being up close for every kill. I kind of like the idea of let's make it scary, but in the in the bright lights. Um, that way, you're not relying on shadows and things like that. I, I, I kind of dig that. Well, and you mentioned the the stick with you, the stick-to-itiveness of the movie when you go home. Uh, if you go into your bathroom and don't turn on the light yet, and you're just kind of looking in the mirror, you know, that's really freaking creepy. Right. You know, because you're thinking somebody... But in the other kingdom, when you turn on the lights, he's gone. But yeah. when the lights are off, he's, he's there, and that's, sure. that's the creepy part. And so if you want the stick-with-you piece of it, that's... That's why you yeah. need to bring in those those types of things. But I also feel like if I stared in the mirror in the light and I saw this yellow jacket kind of just start sliding in from behind me, I, lights on or lights off, that's scary. <laughs> yes, that, that, that is scary. <laughs> Think how creepier. And, and I do, like I said, that scene was done really well. And then there was one, I think when we first saw him, that it was kind of a blurry in the background. Um, yeah, there the was window. a few of those. Yeah. Um, that that I liked. I thought it was, it was done really well. Yeah, but. there was a in their apartment. Um, yes, there's like a reflection on the glass, and he's like standing in the doorway, but it's like at a weird angle, so you just kind of see this muffled reflection. Yeah, yeah, stuff stuff like that. I thought they did, and I'm sure there's probably ten that I missed. You know, yeah. so somewhere in there that they hid, right. hid in there. But yeah, um, they they had a great visual eye for this stuff. I just wish the writing could have backed it up a little bit. And I wish his coat wasn't yellow. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, when I think of it now. I picture the Bane coat from. Dark Knight doesn't doesn't it, he have is with the with the fur the fur the, yeah the fur neck or whatever and and did you like how all of the Candymen throughout time had the same furry <laughs> yeah. coat yeah I thought like it was that a weird. that was unnecessary that yeah. that was really weird because the guy who was in the in the laundry room or the the, the guy giving candy to kids just happened to have the a furry coat yeah also his just was a little yellow I mean yep. That's part of the lore. You're not candy <laughs> yeah. man. That's your furry coat. Exactly. Nobody cared about him until he put on the coat. <laughs> God. Thank you. Yep. All right. Candyman? Candyman. All right. So, I mean, you know, we talked in and out, but we both gave it three, three and a half. You know, it sounded like you might be more like closer to three and a half if you really like sat down and thought about it. So not, not a bad movie. It's just that no. uh, it's just got those pieces that just are weighing it down like a cinder block. And and I don't know that it's fair, but you know when you you attach Jordan Peele's name to it, I, I expect things to make be a little bit more thought out, uh, make a little bit more sense. And after us and this one, I yep. don't know that I do anymore. Well, uh, I'll give you a comparison. It's like Shyamalan. After his first couple of movies, you have you now have this expectation of a certain level of quality, a certain level of storytelling, and you know. Maybe that's not what we thought, you know? Like, I don't know. But he had a few. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I gave Jordan a lot more credit after one. Well, because I would say that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for the time, Sixth Sense was pretty crazy. And Get Out is probably a reasonable generational comparison to say, like, hey, horror movie splash, you know, Sixth Sense, Get Out, pretty big. Yeah, but... But I feel like Shyamalan had a couple more also to his name. Sure, I mean, yeah, he had a lived up to the hype, yeah. and then and then it became 
uh, the Shyamalan twist, you know. Right, right. I mean, it, it was really after the village when things started to go south. Yeah. Um, I think what we're seeing is, you know, Peel's writing on these last couple things have been not as tight. He just needs to get tighter on the writing, shore some things up. Maybe his ideas are just a little too big and he can't figure out how to wrangle them in. I love the ideas. I love the things behind him. Just like it just needs some some fine tune. I mean, who am I to say? I mean, I, I'm not writing movies, but that's what I would say. He just needs to tighten up the the plot elements. Look at look and see how tight get out was. Like I don't I haven't seen it in a while, but I feel like it's airtight. Like I can't poke holes and get out. Whereas us is and now this, I'm more like, okay, there's some holes. How do I fill these for you, Jordan? Like I'm trying here. <laughs> right. Right. No, and all three are are very well made. Again, well acted. A good choice in picking yeah. uh, casting, good choice in how they're filming, um, all that. But the, the story in the last two uh, really leave leave me wanting. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So, All right. Well, that's Candyman. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies. And you can always email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen. We are there. If you already subscribed, then go ahead and drop us a review and let us know what you think of the show. We should be back uh, within within the week because Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. is yeah. out, uh, which you've already seen. Um, yes, I saw it two weeks ago, which I need to refresh myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am going to see it. The plan is to see it Thursday, um, opening night. Um, so then we'll get together uh, this coming weekend, chat it out, and have a new, new episode out on NCU. Good deal. All right, we will catch you later. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!